Glad you could join us. Welcome to the Young Culture Podcast, a space where young adults from all backgrounds and experiences share their ideas and opinions. Hope you enjoy this episode and get inspired to show others what you're passionate about. We're back this week with a new episode, and I'm looking forward to this one because we are talking to Mason, and Mason is from somewhere new, and I love having guests from new cities because I love to learn more about where they're from. So Mason, why don't you say hey and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast this week. Vanita, thanks for having me. And a little backstory about me, I'll try and make it short and sweet, but my name is Mason Bendigo, and I grew up kind of all over the place. My dad's job moved us quite a bit when I was a younger kid. And growing up, I really resented my parents and him for it. You know, it was weird times. I was in sixth grade and right before I went to high school. So, you know, going through puberty, trying to make friends, going into towns where people had known each other for a long time. And I'm the new kid on the block. And I always hated it, but looking back on it now, it really helped in a lot of different areas. And I always preach on taking things that could be looked at as a negative and turning them into a positive. And I think moving around a lot was one of those things for me. When I graduated high school, I got a scholarship, excuse me, to play football at Lindenwood University. And Went there and had the ability to play for five seasons there. I redshirted my first year after coming off of a ACL injury. Um, that's a whole another rabbit hole that we can get into, but was able to play there and got a degree in sports management and through a mutual connection actually ended up back where I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, and am now working for a medical device sales company called Arthrex. So We work with orthopedic surgeons, and it's a really cool profession because a lot of the injuries uh, that I went through as far as my ACL and being able to see a lot of the injuries that I've seen guys go through in a sports background, I'm now able to help them recover and be able to provide good service for those people. Um, Our mantra is helping surgeons treat their patients better, and that's something that I take very seriously. Um, On top of that, This past year, I was able to launch a podcast called Breathe and Air Podcast, where our mantra is everyday action, extraordinary mindset. And this podcast kind of came to me at the beginning of 2020. I had just had my first full year of med device sales. And to put it short, it was like drinking water from a fire hose. (laughs) It was a new profession, new people, new environment in something that I really didn't even study that much in school. So, so much learning and a lot of focus and direction was put towards that. But when I'm looking at 2020, I'm thinking, okay, what are my quote unquote, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions? Well, I didn't really make a list of resolutions. I just had one thing in mind and that was stop talking, start doing. I had all these business ideas, all these things in my head all of these ideas that I wanted to incorporate into my life that I think would help me and other people. But I was just sitting on them. I wasn't writing them down. I wasn't, you know, putting any action behind these ideas that I thought could be successful. And that's where the everyday action comes in breathing air. So I 
created this podcast and it's been such such a blessing to me and me and Vanita were talking about this pre-show, but being able to have great connections with people, being able to learn how to build a business and most importantly, being able to help people while helping myself. I think that when you get out of your own shoes and you stop thinking outwardly and you start thinking inwardly, sometimes we think that that's you know, how it should be reversed, right? But when we think inwardly and we look at ourselves first and we say, how can I help somebody? How, how am I being of service to somebody? Um, what can I do to help this situation? Then a lot of things start falling into place. So long story short, that's kind of how this podcast came about. And we just had week 31 this, this week. So that was a blessing. That's awesome. I, I love everything that you said. I think everything that you kind of how you explained your whys behind your podcast is so relatable. And I don't know about you, but yeah, for me, the podcasting thing was so new. And like, I knew nothing about podcasting before I started. But and for me, doing this podcasting, it helped me a lot. Like, I, I think I grew so much in this past year and a half, compared to like any other life stage just through doing this podcast. And yeah, like we were saying earlier, so much goes into it that I think you kind of have no choice but to kind of grow through it. So what has the podcasting journey been like for you, aside from the stuff that you were just talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So similar to you, I didn't know anything about the medium other than I liked and got something out of it when I listened to them. Mm -hmm. So I started off my career in the car a lot. I was driving to facilities and sometimes, you know, an hour plus away running stuff around. So I had a lot of time in the car and I would listen to a lot of these podcasts. Um, you know, people like, um, Lewis Howe's school of greatness, uh, Ed Milet, Joe Rogan, like all these guys who had really interesting guests, but also it wasn't, I was just, it wasn't me just listening for entertainment. Yes. I would laugh and get stuff out of it and they would keep me engaged, but I found myself being inspired, being motivated and getting knowledge when I was done with listening to these shows. And I was like, wow, this helps me so much. And I think that, you know, I could do this as part of not only something that I feel like I would be good at, but also something that I feel like would help a lot of people. That kind of goes back to the moving thing. I had to learn how to communicate. So I feel like I was able to sharpen and hone that skill at a younger age. And that just comes back to being able to use this medium and use my voice for a positive uh, direction. There's this quote that I really like that says, own your gifts and own your gaps. Mm. So own the things that you're really good at and use them. Uh, you hear a lot of people talk about this, you know, like you're great at some things. Innately, you're great at some things that other people aren't, whether that's public speaking, whether that's selling or bike riding or art or singing, there's something that you have innately that is a part of you that other people don't have. So be able to lock into that skill and utilize it because you're blessed with it. You know, we all are different and unique and we all have different things. That's not saying to just shove the things you aren't good at to the side, but being able to like take those things that you know that you're good at and utilize them. Oh, I really like that. So, okay, let's roll with that um, gifts and the gaps thing. So yeah. in terms of your podcast, what, if you can name a few things, what do you think, aside from communication, like you were saying, 
what do you think were your gifts and then what were your gaps and then how did you kind of use them to create like an overall podcast? Yeah. So for the podcast, I knew that I had a gift of communication. Um, I wasn't scared to have to be in public and speak or, you know, carry on a conversation with someone that's different than me. And I think that, like I said, that came from having to adapt and interact with so many different personalities growing up. At the same time, I played quarterback in high school and leading up into college as well. So when you're in a football locker room, you have a hundred plus guys that are from all different backgrounds, that are from all different races, that are from all different, you know, people who had been homeless, people who are from the U.S., people who are from other countries. Um, you have just such a mixed bag of people in this locker room that all have to come together for a common goal. And I think that really helped mold me as well on a lot of my views of the world, but also my me being able to communicate. And so that was something that I knew that I was good at. And I'm like, okay, that this is a gift that I have. Uh, some of the gaps for me starting off I told you this earlier, I didn't even have an Instagram mm-hmm. before I started this podcast. I was one of the oddballs that was like, I spend too much time on social media as is. I'm not into all the taking pictures of myself. I'm not doing it. You know, all my friends were like, I can't believe you don't have an Instagram. Like it's the 20th century. What are you doing? And when I started this podcast, I, I gave in just because I know how powerful of a tool it can be. So for the gap with this podcast was definitely not only learning how to record, you know, proper equipment, how to reach out to guests, um, running social media so that the messages that I think are so important can be heard. I think that would definitely be one of the biggest gaps starting the podcast. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think uh, even for me, I was like thinking about it. I think for me, in terms of gifts and gaps, I think gifts wise, I I have a genuine care for the things that I want to do. So I have a genuine care for that. And I do have a genuine care for community and for the world. So I think for me, that's what helped me do this podcast. And I've always been super open-minded. And I think especially with podcasts too, I've always had like a willingness to learn. So I think that's kind of what you need too with podcasts is because it's always like I feel like from when I started until now there's been so much evolving in the podcasting world and you kind of have to be willing to take that extra time out and learn different strategies and techniques and stuff like that so yeah I think that's helped me and yeah my gap is the same thing I like before this podcast I didn't know that there was a method behind the madness of social media and like marketing and stuff like that so it's taken me a, I, and I'm still working through it. Like it's still a learning curve for me to really kind of get behind the process and like do it properly. But yeah, I think the fact that like if I'm able to like have that willingness to learn and not give up, it'll help me in the long run. So now that we're talking about social media, for both of us, for most podcasters, you use social media as one of your main tools of marketing. So I feel like we use like we're, on social media from the most part of our like podcasting stuff and I watched a documentary recently and it's called Social Dilemma and I know a lot of people have heard of it by now have you watched it 
I have. And actually, my dad was the first one that sent me a message about it. He said, Social Dilemma on Netflix, you got to watch it. So that night I watched it and yeah, it was it was very eye-opening to say the least. Yeah, definitely. I was just sitting there like FML because I feel like a lot of the stuff that they were saying has been told in like the last chunk of time, but I think it was um, repurposed in a way that can really like hit you and be like, whoa, like this is what social media is doing to me as opposed to, oh, studies show that blah, 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 or this or that. Like they were really, they framed it in a really good way. That's like, listen, this is what it's doing to alter your thinking and so forth. So yeah, it really helped me to reflect. And, you know, the weird thing is I watched it right after um, these Instagram reels started blowing up. And like this, okay, this sounds so embarrassing, but I will admit it. I am not immune to the nonsense of social media. Like I got so lost in these like Instagram reels because I used to go on TikTok all the time. After watching them, my Amazon cart got significantly larger. And I know that it happened from all of the product suggestions from all these reels. And I like thought about it after I watched the documentary. I was like, wow, they played me just like this documentary. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it's it is crazy because your phone is listening, like whether whether we want to believe it or not. I, Mm -hmm. I think what was so powerful about the social dilemma was the fact that it was coming from people who were at the helm of these big, major, extremely powerful media companies, right? Like Google and Netflix and Instagram and Facebook, all of these huge social media networks that really, if you think about it, have not been around that long. I mean, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you how long Facebook's been around, but it's not been maybe 20 years. Um, You know, it, it hasn't been very long. And even the iPhone itself, a smartphone, what is it? Not even been 20 years. I think Instagram just had its 10, 10 year uh, anniversary, like yesterday or something. So to think about the short lifespan of these apps and how they control people's thoughts, like you said, and how they control people's behaviors and the way that they think about themselves and ultimately are controlling their life because, and we talk about this on the show a lot, our thoughts in our actions dictate the outcomes in our life. And a lot of our thoughts are subconscious, whether we want to believe it or not. A lot of the thoughts that we think have been programmed into us by outside sources, by outside events, by maybe traumatic events, whatever it may be, a lot of the times, if we're not cognizant of it, we fall into a pattern. And this is something that I myself am guilty of, right? For the longest time, you know, first thing that you do when you wake up, what do you do? You grab your phone, your alarms on your phone. Uh, So you're the moment you're waking up, you're grabbing your phone and you're immediately letting somebody else dictate your thoughts in the morning. One of the most important times in the morning, if we want to talk about neuroscience, um, excuse me, one of the most important times as far as neuroplasticity, when your brain is moving from, uh, beta to theta, or it might be flip-flop from theta to beta. And then when you go to sleep from beta to theta. So this is a time when your brain is most able to change and function. 
And we had a neuroscience major come on the podcast and talk about this, but it's just extraordinary because the first thing you're doing is letting someone else dictate your thoughts in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that post, you don't know what you're going to see if you open up Instagram. It may be a picture of a girl. It may be uh, news. It may be political. It may be sports. But the fact of the matter is, is you're rolling the dice on what that first thing that you're going to see in the morning is. And so I really tried to be intentional recently about not being on my phone for at least the first hour that I'm awake, if I don't have to be right. And for most Mm -hmm. of us, you don't have to be on your phone as soon as you wake up, you know, and and if you do, then maybe set your alarm a little earlier, have some discipline, go to bed so you can wake up and start your mornings right. And that's a, that's a big thing that I've been trying to incorporate in that I think if you look at a whole of successful people, you're talking about CEOs or athletes or you know people that have had so-called success in life, whatever success is obviously is a different picture for everybody, but they all have morning routines. Being able to set your mind and your thoughts and your intentions for the day is going to dictate how the rest of your day goes for the most part. And I think that's super important and something that everybody should kind of start trying to get into a habit of. At least try it and see how much better you feel when you do that. You know what? I think I need to start doing that too because I will admit it. I still wake up and scroll. And I, yeah, I think I totally agree with what you're saying as like when you wake up, you're allowing what whatever is on your screen to kind of dictate what your what your thoughts are. And so I used to think like there was, I guess, a middle stage in my thinking that, you know, oh, like on social media, you know, you can still look at these things, but it won't affect you unless you you choose to let it affect you. Like you can still scroll through all these like negative things and like it can't affect you. But I don't know. Part of me is wondering, like you said, subconsciously I think it can still affect you even if you're like trying to not let it like it work like what helps is like what you said is just don't wake up to that right away you know Mm -hmm. you start your day and then bring it in but I do feel like now I'm thinking about it maybe when you do allow it in those ways such as scrolling first thing in the morning it's automatically manipulating your day and manipulating your thoughts so do you think that we're we can be immune to it and be exposed to it? Or do you have to kind of take those extra steps always? Um, I think, I don't think you can be immune to it per se. I think that anyone can fall victim to it. I think the biggest thing is being Mm self-aware because oftentimes, like I said, these are subconscious habits that we have. It is a habit to reach for the phone and scroll in the morning. Realize that that's a habit. Realize that you're doing it And then be able to take a step back and say, is this good for me? Are some of my thoughts and actions are the, is the way that I look at my body image or the way that I look at success to me? Um, does, does this make me feel better? And all obviously social media isn't going anywhere. So I think that it's important for people to use social media and don't let social media use you. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times social media is using us, Um, you know, and just like they said in the social network, as far as 
suicide and, um, you know, depression and anxiety and ADHD. I find myself, you know, when that phone rings and that dopamine hit comes off in your brain, it's like, okay, where's the phone? Like, let me grab it. Um, but oftentimes we don't even realize that, right? Because it's such a repetitive thing. It's something that is a part of our lives, which isn't going anywhere, but Mm -hmm. It is like a drug at a point, you know, it is legit making a chemical reaction in your brain when you get likes, when you hear your phone ring, when you interact on social media, there are these things that are happening in your brain. So I think that it's not as much cutting it all the way out, but more so being cognizant of the effects that it has on your life and your thoughts and being able to say, okay, I'm going to control my thoughts and I'm going to use this in a in a way that is healthy and and not a time sucker and not something that makes me think negatively and act negatively. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with what you said. And I th- another thing to add on to that, one thing I really appreciated about this documentary is how they highlighted the concept of fake news and getting your um, news information or educational pieces solely through social media because they were saying that based on like what you're scrolling and what you're doing your feeds will kind of manipulate that and just work with what you think is true and kind of create this like false sense of like being right all the time so what did you think about that part of the documentary yeah I think that's super interesting and I had this uh funny conversation there was time there was a time when I was literally having a casual conversation in the car with somebody and he was telling me how, oh yeah, I used to eat these chicken breasts from Sam's all the time in college. He's like, yeah, I got them at Sam's. They're these hickory smoked chicken breasts. So just random conversation, right? Well, I'm on my phone like an hour or two later and sure enough, the exact same hickory smoked chicken breast pops up on an ad on my phone, on social media. I had never seen this ad before, ever. And I took a screenshot of it, sent it to him. I said, are these the chicken breasts you're talking about? He was like, (laughs) yep. So that, I mean, that's happened to me numerous occasions, right? So be aware that your phone is literally listening to you. And not only is it listening to you, but every time you like something, every time you engage on something, they said in the show that even any time that you pause for over two or three seconds on something, that is just creating a database for your phone because it is a weird concept to think that you are a user of the phone, right? So we are the product and it's, it's a flip-flop way to look at it, right? So we're obviously buying Apple phones and stuff, but for these social media companies, the reason why it's free is because they make so much money off of our data mm-hmm. and they're compiling that data know that nothing in this world is free first off. <laughs> and you got to realize that like, Oh, this is such a good tool. Well, yeah, it is. You're being used by the tool at, at an extent. Right. Um, and I thought that was a very powerful point in the documentary where they said, realize that you are the product to these social media companies. They are selling your attention and they are selling your data per se, because they're compiling all of this data about you as a person. Um, it's, it's just, it is a very creepy subject and I'm not saying delete all your social media, 
Um, but I do think that you have to be aware of it. And I do it myself, you know, any type of second where you're not engaged in something, the first thing you want to do is reach for your phone. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a big part of all of this anxiety, this depression, this ADHD rise that we are seeing in this generation, um, especially Gen Z, but even in millennials, you know, we were kind of the back end of millennials where we grew up for a short period of time where we didn't have iPhones or iPads. You know, we were in our teenage years when that stuff started to come out, but especially in this Gen Z generation that has never known a life without a smartphone. I think that it is causing a big impact on these increased levels of depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Um, I think those are the big three that are really being affected by social media and excessive use of it. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think we were talking about this earlier too, is the when they were sharing the stats about suicide rates and how young of an age like these girls are where they're, you know, starting to get depressed and the suicide attempts are starting. And that really, that part hit me hard. I was like, wow, that's insane. Because I don't know, when we were kids, you got bullied on the playground, like you didn't get bullied on Instagram, or you didn't have these pictures to un like these filtered pictures to look at and to compare yourself to and these unrealistic standards. I totally agree. And like you said, it's going to be here for a while. And yeah, I think it's more you need to know what you're signing up for, not just in terms of like policies and stuff and like data, but just like mentally too. Like, I think it's important to know what works for you. Because for me, for example, like I've dealt with like body image issues and stuff like that. So what was happening was I just started binge following these accounts that were like, it's like these fitness accounts, but like, obviously, it was to make myself feel worse, not to uplift me in any way. Like I was using it for the wrong reason. And because I was constantly like looking at these things and fixated on these things, I would get more images like that and more on my Explorer page. And I just started going through like a rabbit hole. And so for me, something that I actually did recently was I actually unfollowed a lot of it and started, you know, I guess changing how the algorithm on my phone, like on my social media works. And I, like you said, like I did started, I started to like unfollow those pages and then, you know, follow more things and look at things that I enjoy. Like I enjoy looking at more, um, I don't know, like nutritional blogs and like stuff like that, as opposed to those um, fitness influencers. And then things kind of started changing as to what I was digesting. And I was looking at things like, like you said, that, you know, doesn't give you that negative view on yourself. So you know, it's weird. It's a weird time that we're in because you, we didn't learn about these things when we were in school or like when we were younger. But I think there's something to it to learn like, co not, I don't know if it's coping strategies or just kind of how to be safe on the internet, even for your well-being. Not so much like well, I work with kids right now and we talk about how to be safe from like predators and stuff like that. But, you know, I think there's something to it on how to have like healthy habits on the internet as well. Yeah. And it's, it's such a crazy thing, but that's the part of being able to look at it in that way and realize the power that it has on your mind. I often make the uh, similarity between you talked about diet. So you can't expect to, you know, eat cheeseburgers 
fries and shakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and achieve fitness goals that you have in the exact same way that you are consuming content on a daily basis is the same way that you need to look at food or your body, right? So it's almost like, Hey, I don't want to be putting all these empty calories in and expecting a positive result. Same thing with what you're consuming. I don't want to be putting all these empty calories in my head and expecting a good result to come from all these empty calories, right? And I think that breaks it down a little bit as to you are a consumer on these apps. You are consuming the people you follow. And the thing is, is that you have control over that. And like I said, I don't think, and I don't, it's obviously not going anywhere when it comes to technology and social media, but be able to go through. And if an account or someone doesn't make you feel a way that a certain type of way that you want to feel, and you feel like that account is not making you better or giving you a positive feeling or positive headspace, then, you know, unfollow it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because we can be so, influenced and our thoughts can be so changed. It's funny, right? You said influencer, they call them influencers. (laughs) Why are they called influencers? Because they are influencing your thoughts and behaviors, whether you know it or not, like it's literally right in front of you. And I think that's the funny thing about social media is it is right in front of us with phrases like, like an influencer, um, that we just don't realize the power that it has on our brains and on our thoughts on a daily basis. So guard your thoughts, guard what comes across your your feed because over time when that does become subconscious, when that does become repetition, just like anything, you know, if you're practicing your free throws 150 times a day or you're opening, um, you know, you're going to get better at free throws over a week. Same thing if you're looking at bad content and things that don't make you feel good over and over and over and over again, then it's not going to give you a positive result. I love that analogy. That was great. You know what? I'm going to use that as a check-in for myself. Empty calories for your brain. Yeah. (laughs) That was awesome. I love that. So yeah, kind of tying back into what we were talking about in the beginning in terms of especially for like podcasters, content creators, and just like how much time goes into social media. So one of the things that you were saying earlier was that you don't wake up and like scroll right away. What are some other kind of like tips that you have and th- practices that you do for yourself to kind of create that healthy balance of being immersed in this creative world that's on social media, but also protecting your own space and energy in terms of your well-being? Hmm, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it because I felt like I gave, hey, you guys should start your mornings, but I didn't give some you know, practical ways to uh, use it. And and that's the biggest thing that I always say too, when it comes to podcasts, there's so many times that we can listen to things and feel motivated and be like, Oh, that was awesome. And then, you know, we turn it off and we go right back to our same habits because we program those habits. Like we may know that, Oh, that was such a good piece of information. But if we're not acting on those things and we're not, you know, utilizing those things, then they're worthless. So some things to utilize When it comes to morning rituals and things that I've started to use, uh, the first big thing, like I said, when you wake up, do not get on the phone. Do not get on social media. Give yourself a time limit, whether it's an hour, 
whether it's an hour and a half, everyone's schedules are different. Obviously, if it's something work-related or important, that's different. But as far as nonsense scrolling on Instagram and Facebook or Twitter, whatever you're on, cut it. Don't do it. That's a hard part, but that's a huge part, right? Because then you're allowing yourself to be in control of your thoughts. So another thing that I do in the morning is morning gratitude. And whether that is me, you know, saying some things out loud that I'm thankful for in the morning when I'm sitting down for breakfast or something as simple as having a journal and writing it down. I talk about the power of writing things down, whether that's goals, um, whether that's thoughts that you have, um, you know, whatever it may be, there is so much power in writing it down. It's the first action of you putting that into the world. And we're going to come back to action because it's all about action. Um, so when you wake up, don't touch the phone and write down three things that you are grateful for. I'm grateful for this breakfast. I'm grateful for a roof over my head. I'm grateful for the weather today or friends or family. I'm grateful for these shoes that I have. They're sweet. I just got them. Whatever it may be, it could be something really simple or it could be something really complex. Write down something that you are thankful for and you will instantly put yourself in a place of gratitude. Um, I heard this quote and it's stuck with me ever since, but it's say thank you in advance for the things that are already yours. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So put yourself in the position that you already want, that you want to be in. Whatever it is, put your mindset in that place and feel the gratitude that you feel when you're in that place or you landed that job or you got over that fear or you kicked that habit. Put your mindset there, feel the gratitude, feel how it feels to be in that state and and then act on it, right? All of these things are pointless without action and you can meditate as much as you want and you can write down as many goals as you want, but if you're not acting on these things, then they're just going to sit there. So when I say everyday action, extraordinary mindset, I think that is the culmination of having those two things come together where you really, really, really start seeing change in your life in a positive direction. So I know I was a little long-winded, but <laughs> wake up in the morning, don't touch the phone as far as social media, whether that means you need to get an alarm clock and not you know, have the phone in the room, whatever you need to do. And it's going to be hard. Like I'll be, myself will be sitting at breakfast still to this day. I'll have my phone over there. It won't have been a, an hour yet. And I'll just be looking at it like, dang, I'll kind of want to check my feed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but be able to put yourself in control. You don't want to be controlled by it, right? That goes back to the whole thing. Are you controlling it or is it controlling you? And realize that, yes, it is controlling you if you're having these like crack fiend urges to grab it and get on social media. So be able to do that. Start your morning with gratitude and then write down goals and write down things and thoughts and ideas and act on them. So I think that's a good starting point uh, to be able to jumpstart your mornings. And you can even do that again at night. Like I said, with neuroscience, your brain is moldable at all times of the day, but most moldable when you're going 
in and out of brain states, which is in the morning and before you fall asleep at night. So really know that those are two extremely important times for you to set your mindset and to set your thoughts to positive things, to goals, to affirmations, um, to things that you want to succeed and do. So those are, those are a few things that I think are pretty practical that you can start practicing at home. Okay. Starting today, I'm not scrolling before I go to bed and I'm not scrolling when I wake up and I will check in with you because I feel like this yeah. will be a good, this will be a good um, new habit to form and I think it'll help me. So I'm going to do this. I hope other people listen to this and do it too. If we want to start an accountability group. I will. I'm so down for it. I will give it a try. I think, yeah, I think everything that you said was so helpful and it's a good check-in because it's so easy to get lost in these apps and like to start scrolling and go through this rabbit hole. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. more often than not, you don't feel good afterwards, but I think we're just so used to it now that we don't even know the difference. So I would encourage people to try to do the same. Yeah. And to wrap up this conversation, I wanted to do a check-in question with you. So how would you define today's young culture? Hmm. Oh man, that's a good question. But I think, I think today's young culture is distracted. Um, I think, you know, attention deficits, a big one. Um, and you know, a lot of that isn't necessarily due to the young culture, but it's due to the things that are constantly thrown in their face. Right. Um, I think that there's a sense of instant gratification as well. Um, but not all bad things. I think there has been so many good things that have come from this technological age as well, as far as creation and, um, expression and the power and the reach that this technology and these things, uh, that are constantly part of our world now. Um, but the power that they have, just like anything that can be used for good, it can be used for bad. So, um, I think today's young culture has so much, you know, so much power and so much uh, access and accessibility at their fingertips. Um, But I think at the same time, it's easy to get distracted. And, you know, I think I'm part of that uh, young culture. You know, I'm 25 years old, so I think I'm definitely part of that young culture that is affected by these things. But I think it's important for us to realize that and, and be self-aware, you know, just be self-aware that this is the reality that we live in now, but are you going to be in control of your life and thoughts, or are you going to let outside sources control your life and thoughts? Because it will ultimately, if you let it. Yes, I agree. I'm with you on that one, a hundred percent. So where can we find you if we want to follow your podcast and keep up with your content? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at breathe in air podcast. So it's breathing, but without the G. So breathe in air podcast. You can find us on YouTube, uh, breathe in air podcast as well. And we have so many different guests. That's one thing that I love about the show. It's guest based and, you know, we've had NFL athletes on, we've had marketing specialists on, we've had people who are into hypnotherapy or dancers or artists, um, all focused around mindset and what it takes to succeed. You know, some episodes are more funny and educational. Uh, some are, you know, more 
deep and, and hard, hard topics to talk about. But I think that every single person that comes on, um, has something special and they've done something special with their mindset and, and how they attack every day. So I learned so much from the guests that I have on and I hope that y'all do too. And I hope that you come over and check it out. And honestly, if you guys have any questions for me as well, you can definitely DM me, reach out to me. Uh, I love as much engagement with y'all as possible. So, um, yeah, at breathe and air podcast on Instagram is probably the best place to, to do that, but I hope that y'all come over and check it out. Uh, we're on all streaming platforms. So wherever you consume your podcast, you can find us. Amazing. Well, thank you again for coming on and telling us more about your opinions on this. I think you had a lot of great insight to share and I think it'll be super helpful for the young culture and how to stop being so distracted. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vanita, for having me on and and I really appreciate it. It was great. Awesome. And thank you so much for everyone for listening. If you get a chance, please check out my Instagram at Young Culture Podcast and we will talk to you soon.